Good evening, everyone. So I don't know about you. Uh, it's been a long time since I have been a layperson. Uh, but priests drive me absolutely nuts. Uh, do they drive you nuts? This means yes. This means no. Or if you're too nervous, you can just stare at me. Uh, of all the people in my life that I'm the most kind of critical of, it's, it's my brother, priests. And it's, it's, it's honestly is a sin in my life. The priests drive me absolutely crazy. Uh, generally, in, in kind of life, I think there's, there's probably more areas than this, but there's at least two areas where everyone seems to be an expert. Uh, the first one is health. The second one is theology. But tonight what I want to drive at is something that all of us know. It's something that the church today uh, there's an there's a interesting attitude around this right now. Um, but what I want to drive at tonight is something that is so important, and that is that priests are unbelievably important in the life of a community. Unbelievably important. When a church, right, when a, a priest gets moved from one church to another... Don't worry, I'm not leaving, or maybe, sorry, I'm not leaving. Uh, when a priest leaves a parish, when he gets reassigned, it's a tremendous disruption for a parish. And, and one of the, the things that we all know is that if you have a priest that you love, that you, you see God in him, that you relate to him, it's a big deal. And if you have a priest that you don't see God in, that you don't relate to, that's a big deal. More people leave the church over that issue, I think, than almost anything else. So priests are so important. How they live matters. And so when I go to other churches I, and I'm with my brother priests, I'm just very critical. Because what they do is so important. And brothers and sisters, tonight we have two simple messages for you. The first one is just, I just love it. I love the second one too. But the first one is very simple. It's that I'm not your priest. It's that he is. And that's such good news. All three of our readings tonight, what they all, the central theme of them revolves around is the priesthood of Jesus. And you and I, we need to, to pray with this more. We need to drink deeply of the reality that we have a high priest who is the greatest priest imaginable. If you've had a negative experience with the priest, it's devastating. I've actually been very blessed in my life. I've had very few, like, really negative experiences. Praise God. The worst one I ever had was I, I had a priest get mad at me in the confessional one time. Uh, it, was, it was kind of funny. I finished my confession and he said, uh, he was like, have you thought about becoming a priest? And I'm like, I'm in seminary. I'm on my way. And I was like, isn't that awesome? And he was upset because I hadn't told him ahead of time. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. 
But he got upset at me, and I know some of you, you've had that. You've had moments where a priest let you down. You've had a moment maybe in the confessional where a priest got upset with you. It's devastating. It's hurtful. It's harmful. It makes us feel distant from God because what priests are supposed to do, brothers and sisters, and tonight I want to draw mainly on our second reading from the Hebrews, at least for, for this uh, section of our homily. But in Hebrews chapter 4 tonight, it says, Since we have such a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. We didn't hear this tonight, but just the very next verse after we ended tonight, it says this. It says, Every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God. To offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. I've got really good news for you tonight. Hebrews is... is I know I say this every week. I'm like, this is my favorite book in the Bible. But Hebrews is one of my favorites. But Hebrews is all about the priesthood of Jesus. And here's the deal. Some of you tonight, some of you right now, are in a place in your life where you think that you can't get close to God. Some of you in your life, and if you're not there right now in your life, you will go through this. You will have times in your life where God feels distant. You will have times where your sin in your life will make you feel like you shouldn't be in the church. Every high priest is chosen from among men and is appointed to act on behalf of men, men in relation to God. To offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. I know in your life there are moments where you say, you know, everyone thinks I'm, I'm doing fine. But if they only knew what I have done in my heart and my soul and in my life, they wouldn't really love me. All of us go through life and we have moments of profound shame for our brokenness and our sin. What I love telling you all, one of the things I love telling you is try being a priest. I feel that in my life. I feel times of, Lord, I just, how could you still love me? I never get tired of this message, brothers and sisters, is that in the Old Testament, right, when you had a sin, there was a way to deal with that. The Old Testament had a way of dealing with sin. It was called the temple. And when you had done something wrong, when you had done something wrong to a family member or to a neighbor, or if you had not... Uh, lived a life that was pious before God, you could go to the temple and you could bring your offering. And you felt better, right? You knew that through the sacrifice of the temple, 
that you had a restored relationship with God. And tonight, this first part of this message, this is something we all know, but we don't hear it enough. And the truth is, is that my sin in my life, my sin as a priest, it gets me down. And I fear heaven. I fear if I'll make it to heaven. All three of our readings tonight have such a profound message, which is that my sacrifice before God, right? And when we designed our church, I designed the altar based on this message. The greatest day, the greatest sacrifice in the Old Testament came on the day of Yom Kippur. If you want to read about it, you can read Leviticus chapter 16. And in Leviticus 16, the high priest, the great high priest of Israel, he went into the temple and he offers a bull and a goat. Which is why our altar has a bull and a goat. And what he does is he offers that sacrifice for the forgiveness of his own sins and for the sins of Israel. The good news of the New Testament, brothers and sisters, and what Hebrews is all about, is that our sacrifice is not a bull or a goat. It's the center medallion on our altar, which is Jesus himself. Whatever your sin is tonight, whatever you've done, whatever the brokenness is in your life, Whatever that message is that Satan is whispering in your ear. And when he tells you that your sin is too great. Or that your heart is too corrupt. Whatever that message is. Your sacrifice is not a bull or a goat. And my sacrifice is not a grain offering or a drink offering or a blood offering. Jesus, you are my offering. You are my sacrifice. You are the one atonement that won my forgiveness. Jesus, you are my priest. Such good news. Fulton Sheen, when I, was, when I was thinking about being a priest, I was telling the crowd last night, the congregation, you know, when, when you're a young man and if, you, if you're religious at all and you're not married, you get assaulted after Mass by everyone. And people, like, beat you up outside and they're like, didn't see a ring on your finger. Have you thought about priesthood? And I'm like, don't touch me. <laughs> right? Don't touch me. We need more priests in Denver, and I want to tie this to this tonight. We are desperate for priests in our diocese, and I mean desperate. This last year, from our, from our state of Colorado and our archdiocese, we had three men enter seminary. The year I entered was still a small year. We had 21. Last year, we had three. When I was thinking about priesthood, you know, 
the temptation. And if you're thinking about it, talk to me after Mass. We've got some handcuffs. We'll get you to the seminary. But when I was thinking about priesthood, the temptation is to do that cost-benefit analysis. You're like, okay, no wife, no kids. And then on the other side, you're like, no wife, no kids. No, just kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. That's the biggest obstacle, right? Every guy who goes to seminary, the big fear is you don't get to have a wife and children. That's a huge cost. But you think, okay, well, job security, right? <laughs> Like it or not, you can't fire me. <laughs> and you think, well, you know, you get to be pretty close to God. You never have to change, you know, your outfits. Like, and people literally think this way, and I did too. But here's the thing. No one ever becomes a priest for that. No one. Men are called to priesthood to join, to sacrifice their life in union with Jesus Christ. To say, Lord, I am a sinful human being, but what the world needs now, right, is not people who are really smart, or people who are really beautiful, or people who are really talented. The world needs men and women who love you and who will lay down their life so that others find you. Fulton Sheen inspired me when I was thinking about becoming a priest. He has a book that's in our bookstore. It's called The Priest Is Not His Own. And I love that title. What happens, right, in that book is Fulton Sheen says the big difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament, and he's drawing off of the book of Hebrews. What he says, the big difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament is that in the Old Testament, the sacrifice was something other than you. You could offer something other than yourself. And Jesus brought the new covenant because finally there was someone who gave God a sacrifice that was nothing other than himself. And when he did that, what the New Testament teaches us is that all of us as baptized Christians are meant to be drawn into that reality. You are not called to be the type of Christian that says, Lord, I love you. I'll give you part of my time. Lord, I love you. I'll, I'll, I'll even, as I always say, I'll even go to Lord's where the masses are 20% longer. Right? Lord, I love you. I will try to cut this sin out of my life. Those are all good things. That's not the New Testament. The New Testament is today at Mass, right, when the host is elevated in the chalice, through him, with him, and in him. Right, through him, with him, and in him, all of us offer not just an external sacrifice, but we offer ourselves with our high priest. Lastly tonight, I want to call you to this. If you're not there yet, if you're, tonight's homily kind of has two intended audiences. 
If you're someone who is struggling with how could God's mercy be real, tonight I just want you to hear that first half. Your sin and your brokenness is nowhere near as powerful as the blood of Jesus Christ. Hebrews says that after Jesus ascended to heaven, he entered the true temple, which is heaven itself, and he carried not the blood of bulls or goats, but his own blood. And the blood that Jesus carried into heaven itself as our high priest, that blood is your sacrifice. And there's nothing more powerful than that. But if you know that, brief message for you. You and I are called to join in that. Mark's gospel tonight, in our, our gospel in Mark chapter 10, we're right at really the heart of Mark's gospel. And what Mark wants to show us is that to be a Christian means that in the sacrifice of Jesus, you and I are drawn into that. We're united to him. And so in the beginning of Mark's gospel, there's this, there's this profound pattern that Mark put in his gospel, that the Holy Spirit put in his gospel. In Mark chapter 1, Jesus is baptized. And if you read your, your RSV translation, it'll say the heavens were opened. But the Greek doesn't say that. Actually, the, the, RS, or the, um, the Bible read in Mass, the NAV does, says it correctly. What the Greek says is when Jesus is baptized, it says the heavens were torn. Greek word is schizo, where we get the word schism. Schism is a tear. So the heavens are torn open. Right? In the beginning of the gospel, the heavens are torn. What's torn at the end of Mark's gospel? The veil. Thank you, whoever said that. The rest of you knew it, and you're like, should I say it? Just go for it next time. Okay, anyway, the, ta- the, the temple veil is torn. We know that that temple veil had all the stars of heaven woven into the temple veil. And it's another homily for why that's the case. But at the beginning of Mark's gospel and the end, the heavens are torn. And tonight, right, so the baptism and the cross are linked in Mark's gospel. And tonight in Mark 10, 45, Jesus tells James and John, he refers to his death as a baptism. He says, can you be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? Can you drink of the chalice of which I am to drink? And here's what Mark's getting at. Do you want to be a Christian? The day you were baptized, you were united to the death of Jesus Christ. If you want to reign, as Paul says this in Romans 8.17, he says... If we would reign with him, we must also suffer with him. If we would reign with him, we must also suffer with him. You want a good priest? A good priest who is not just Jesus himself is one who will suffer because he loves. And the church is a royal priesthood. Every one of you, the church teaches, if you have been baptized... You are a priest. Do you want to be a good Christian? To be a Christian means to be united to the sufferings of Jesus. Because you love. 
when the church loves that way, brothers and sisters, when you and I enter into true discipleship, when we follow Jesus in a way that says, here's everything, Lord. Here's not 10%. Here's my whole life. I'll lay it down. When you and I do that, people find God. So Jesus, tonight, Lord, we pray for that. Lord, I pray you would make me a better priest than I am. And all of my brothers and sisters who are part of the priesthood of the baptized, Lord, may you make them faithful priests of the church. May they suffer with you because they love. But Lord, more than anything tonight, Jesus, we're just so grateful that you are our high priest. And we're frustrated with priests in the church or the bishops or the Holy Father. Lord, remind all of us that as much as we love and respect them, Jesus, you are our priest. 